Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we hear stories from everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Hey, everybody. So today I sat down with Phil, um, just a great guy. We sort of go back and forth. He's been on a boat with his lovely wife for uh, just over a year now, and they're setting up to go and, and see some crazy stuff and, and get out there into the big ocean world. And uh, really interesting, great guy. We hit all sorts of topics. But uh, before I start, obviously, got to say it, uh, if you want to support the podcast, please head over to Patreon and uh, you can look up Sailing Into Oblivion. And if you just want to reach out to the show, give me something to talk about, that sort of stuff, just uh, go to sailingintooblivion.com and you can reach me right from there. So without further ado, here we go with Phil. We've got <laughs> Phil. Cat, should I call you Captain Phil? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We'll find out. But we've got Phil. And what, what's, your, uh, what's the name of the boat? Our boat's name is The Lasso. The lasso, T H A L A S S O, and that means uh, it's it's a Latin like root word. It means of the sea, um, and we chose it because we kind of like that like that draw of the sea and how we're all like we came from the sea evolutionarily, yeah. and so it's just kind of a cool like it doesn't actually mean anything, but it it means like of the sea or or from the sea or whatever. Yeah, I call it good, man. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Thank ah, you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the uh, the podcast. Like this is. It's great. I, I think one of the best parts about living in these marinas. Oh, I got to take a sip too. That's so rude. Mm. Uh, what, are, what are you drinking right now? Uh, this is a vodka cider mix. The girls picked up some like peach cider at a shop down the oh. road. And it's um, it's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Oh, I can see. Well, pace yourself. We've got a bonfire to go to tonight. Yep. You know, yep. that sort we'll of stuff. keep it under control here. <laughs> well, I'm drinking a nice cold bush light. Very nice. I wish I could say this show is brought to you by Bushlight, but uh, maybe someday they haven't reached out to me yet. <sighs> I don't Shoot. know why. Shoot, I you think... know, <laughs> <laughs> I actually did. I took a couple of pictures uh, when I rounded Cape Horn because mm-hmm. I had one one Bushlight that I had saved for months. Wow, just for that occasion, and I okay. took these pictures and I ended up sending them in to. Uh, to the Bush Light, Anheuser-Busch Corporation, uh-huh. and I got a response. Okay. And what they, did they say? They were like, oh, congratulations. That's really amazing, uh, but we can't support any sort of drinking and boating uh, mixed <laughs> together. And I'm thinking to myself, geez, even down at Cape Horn, huh? <laughs> I guess. I guess. That makes sense. In Legalities, I guess. Yeah. 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 Well... No drinking and boating then, right? You saved it for uh, when you got to dock. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to get into it, I mean, you, so you've so you been on the boat for like a year, right? That's correct. Yeah, my, my wife and I bought the boat in November of 2020. Okay. So like whatever amount of time into the pandemic that was. Yeah, that um, was that was good. Like six, seven months into the full blown, yeah. like everybody's freaking out. Uh huh. Yep, absolutely. Um, but this has actually been a dream of ours for like five years. I guess now it's six years. So five oh, years okay, before yeah. we bought the boat, we were already starting to plan on buying the boat and stuff like that. Um, so it uh, just kind of worked out. We thought it was a couple more years out that we would buy a boat. Um, 
but we just decided to go for it at that time and it's where, been good. Where were you guys at the moment? We were living in North Carolina in Oak Island. Oh, okay. um, which is right on the coast there, down by Wilmington. Yeah, so you got boats around you. And did Lots you guys both know how to sail beforehand? We did, yep. So we bought, um, I made a, uh, a planned, irrational, rational decision after oh, I college. Love those. Yeah, yeah. I said, I'm going to do one, one financially bad decision after college. Buy a uh, boat? I bought a sailboat. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy of mine bought a Corvette. So I was like, I'm doing all right. Yeah. This right. is not that bad of a decision. Well, <laughs> here we are five years later and I'm still, uh, I'm still chasing it and, and enjoying sailing. What, yeah. what kind of boat did you pick up? A Hobie Cat. Oh, nice. Hobie yeah. 16? Um, it was a Hobie getaway. So it was a 16 oh, okay. foot, but it was like their rotomolded plastic yeah. Um, oh, yeah. instead of fiberglass. Very, very familiar. We used to have, I, I ran the water sports center at uh, the Bitter and Yacht Club down oh, in cool. the BVI okay. for like nine years or something. Okay. Uh, and we had tons of those. I yeah. I think I could probably dismast and then change the rigging out and then put the mast back up blindfolded. Oh my goodness. I've done it so many times. Cuz hey, <laughs> we've got pretty fierce winds down there the trades and okay. so we would lose masts left right and center like oh my they gosh. just It's just the way it goes down there. Sure. I mean, we were beating those boats up. Plus they oh, those bet. boats are going out every day for 10 months, 11 months of the year. Wow. And just wow, getting wow. just yeah. beaten down. Well, like, and it's a it's a slack rig. Um mm-hmm. the the stays are slack. So yeah. it, it, bou- it can bounce around. And if you've got someone who doesn't know what they're doing, not that, you know. You get that shock load, yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, and, and we had the um, the president and a few of the, the big wigs at the Hobie Cat Company. They would come yeah. down, and we hosted this sort of family fun week at Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. And they'd come down, and we'd do all this sort of stuff. And they were going to hook us up eventually um, until, you know, the whole place got wiped out by sure. the hurricanes um, with – I can't remember what they called them, but basically like the old Hobie 16 full aluminum mast. Okay. Instead of that little carbon fiber tip. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because those can just take a beating. I mean, we've got, our family has an old 1984 Hobie 16. Okay. And I, you know, I would reckon capsize that thing maybe maybe a thousand maybe five thousand times <laughs> and the mast is still in one piece yep so yeah. you can't beat those that was the first thing that made me fall in love with sailing was capsizing a hobie 16 dude once you yeah and it you know it, i was on the um the the what's it called the trapeze i was yeah, in a trapeze yeah. harness and we we buried a hole and it uh yeah it very much act like a like a trebuchet and just flings you out in front of the boat (laughs) and from then i was hooked i was like i had no idea you could have so much fun sailing yeah oh (laughs) they're they're an absolute blast we used to teach that was one of the things that if you could get the students over the fear of capsizing Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they would do it and realize oh okay so i just pull the boat back over yeah. and then they're fine all of a sudden like that that was always the biggest game changer when mm-hmm. it came to like small beach boats and stuff like that absolutely you know lasers and things like sunfish a little different because those tendency to just you know tip them over you tip them back up but they fall over the other side oh okay but hobies are a little more stable that way i think so, a little bit yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, did you have any uh, epic adventures on that boat? Um, we did a little bit. We didn't do too much with it, um, but we bought it. Well, I say that. We did a lot with it. We bought it in South Dakota. So we were living in South Dakota at the time. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. what what reservoir were you using on? Um, oh, I don't remember the name of it. It's it's a big reservoir right in Pierre, South Dakota. 
There's oh, a large okay. dam there. I forget yeah. the name of the of the lake right now. Um, but it's a large lake. It's like a mile or two miles wide, and it goes halfway across the state. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so, so a lot huge. of water. Um, and it's 200, 250 feet deep or something like that. Wow. So it is freezing cold. We were out in the middle of summer in like five mil wetsuits because uh, the water was 52 degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. How were the winds? Wonderful. Really? Wonderful. Yeah. They have, they have like the best sailing wind outside of the ocean. Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, because South Dakota, most of it's pretty flat until very. you get to the foothills. Exactly. It's very flat. And so you get those windy, constant sort of conditions. Yep. Yeah. It's, all, it's not gusty at all. It's just right, constant right. 15 knots of wind, huh. uh, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you keep it like at a yacht club or, or were you just trailering it in? Just and, trailered it in. And toss it in the water. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we, we were there for a year and then we lived in the Minneapolis area for, uh, for I think, three years and had the boat at a yacht club. Okay. There. Yeah. Short sailing season. Short sailing season. Yep. I'm up. Uh, I grew up in northern Michigan. So, so you know. Yeah. It's, it's basically, yeah, you can put the boat in in May. It's going to be cold for a little while, but it's pretty much June, July, August. And then, although I'll tell you in, in Northern Michigan, the, um, the winds that start coming in the fall, like September and even Mm -hmm. into October, that's where you get the powerful winds. And sometimes you'll get that summer that just, you get a little heat wave coming through, but Mm -hmm. it's really, it's just like the fall foliage and you're out on these lakes and everybody's already pulled their dock in. So it's sort of feeling old school and nobody else is out there i used to absolutely love that that's amazing i love the the northern lakes in the fall it's beautiful absolutely stunning yeah we used to go um do a lot of canoeing up in um, the up of michigan okay like i always say northern michigan yep is where i live but i'm only referring to the mitt okay the up like I don't know. It just—it's like this uh, prehistoric land up there, <laughs> trees and deer and swamp and mosquitoes and very few people. Yeah, but, I've never been. I've been to northern Wisconsin, but never, uh, never to the Upper Peninsula. Never to the Upper Peninsula. Yeah. Right. Well, it's you know, it's it is an interesting place. There's there's one spot that's like a crown jewel. Yeah. of uh, that place, and it's called Sylvania Wilderness. Okay, and it's twenty five square miles. Some some rich people, uh, you know, a hundred years ago or whatever, used it as like a hunting area, okay. and then they just donated it all. Cool, and it's just camping, canoeing, one lake. You can have like you know five horsepower engines on or something, mm-hmm. but I mean, old growth forest, pine nice. trees, you know, eight feet around, mm-hmm. just immaculate, you know. Each night, it's just loons and listening to the noises, and and there, yeah. I've we've never seen a bear up there, but plenty of wildlife and bald eagles and everything. Man, I as much as I love sailing, hopping in a canoe yeah. with a, a nice bag of uh, Franzia wine <laughs> and a couple good buddies, and you just you're just paddling on these mirror glass lakes. Oh, that's really neat. That's oh, really it. neat. Absolutely that was one of my favorite camping experiences ever was going to the Boundary Waters. Dude, I've been there. Have you? It's yeah. Epic, right? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Northern Minnesota, all the lakes that you're on. And we've seen bear up there and moose oh, yeah. up moose, there. Moose, yeah. Yeah. But it's so cool in the Boundary Waters because it's all, you know, it's you can't even fly a plane 
yeah, below yeah, like yeah. I don't know twenty thousand feet or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, what the it's a big is. no fly zone. Um, yep, no motorboats. Nope, none at all. All of the portages. I mean, oh, yeah. if you portage, some of them are just massive. I actually have. Oh yes, believe it or not, over on my chart table, I have uh, four or five of the maps from Boundary Waters. No from kidding. Some of the trips that we used to do. Oh my gosh. When I was younger, ah, yeah, it's just like we started when we were like eighteen or nineteen, and uh-huh. it was six six guys myself uh-huh. included uh and we'd head out and we did all these different spots and then um after about eight trips eight mm-hmm. summers it sort of petered out and then people got married they had kids okay and i keep trying to like prod these guys like hey mm-hmm. we're all in our 40s now somebody's gonna die soon let's uh <laughs> let's go ahead and get back up there but yeah, man go have some fun yeah. it's hard to peel people away once they get uh a lot of responsibility it is it is it's interesting it's one of the things i've noticed most on on living a much more mobile lifestyle than most people do is just how not free people are to do what they want and how committed they are with their time well yeah i mean you, you think about the anchors of life and the you've anchors got of life yeah absolutely I mean, you've got obviously you got a job because you got to make some quiche mm-hmm. um if you have a family that's I, I wouldn't say a family is an anchor, so to speak, because I wouldn't want to frame it like that. But, but you, with more people, you have to move slower. Well, and you have to consider their mm-hmm. their lives as well. It's not like you can be like, well, I'm gonna just we're just gonna go run for yeah. a little bit. Um, yeah, that's not a not a good thing to no, do. <laughs> no, but I mean, even just things like cars and I, when you get on a boat. At least in my experience, I mean, I, I basically had, gave up everything else I had. So did we. You yep. guys had, do you have a car? Did I see you driving a we car? We do have a car. We still have the car. What's up with that? Is well, that your land anchor? It might be. <laughs> it might be. We've been leapfrogging with the car down the coast. So oh, we'll like okay. take off, go down the coast, and then rent a car to go get ours. Right, And right. bring it down. When we're staying somewhere like here, we're going to stay for, well, we've got about another month. That's the plan. And then are you going further south? I think we're going to go north oh, this year. Oh, you guys year. are going north. Yeah, oh, so okay. I think we're going to go north. Um, we've got uh, some people we want to see in North Carolina, so we're going to go back up that way. We were coming down the ICW when it was real cold, yeah. so we didn't get to do a lot of exploring. We didn't get to do a lot of playing around and all that fun stuff. Right. We were just going and being cold and yeah, moving yeah. and being cold. Dude, it was it was a frosty one. I got, I got back on land uh, New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe it was the day before. No, I think it was. No, I okay. So I landed here December thirty first at like five after midnight, and I've been oh, on boy. sea for like seventy four, seventy five days. Okay, and um, we had like two weeks of moderate, you know, sixty degree weather, and I was like, oh, okay, this isn't, this isn't so bad. But this is my third year down here, and then the hammer dropped. Oh, and no. we had frost on the docks. Yeah, and I was suddenly sort of stuck inside of this boat again yeah and i i was starting to like go absolutely crazy and that's when i ended up just like i got to make a plan to get away from the boat for yeah. a little bit just because i had been on it so long but right. um yeah the, the cold winter. Of winter is is tough and yeah. a boatyard everyone's hiding no one's coming out to the boat you know no, no. someone will come and make sure their boat's not sinking 
and then leave. So there's no one to talk to. I can understand how that drive you drive you nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely can. Like I know dudes up in Maine that uh, live at the boatyard throughout really? the whole winter. Yeah. Okay. My my good buddy Murph, uh, who's been on the show <laughs> before, and he'll he'll definitely be on this summer. Um, he lives in a little shack right there at the marina. Okay. And he's he's one of the greatest people I know in my I've ever met in my whole life. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, That's so cool. He's like an old scalloper. He does lobster in. Um, just oh, i mean he is he's he is main like if you if you can just imagine a gritty full-on mainer yeah that's murph is that what is that what they're called i don't know mainers mainers yeah mainers. I, I believe so i, okay. I don't want to you know i'm only a guest in their state fair um, enough okay you know, well we I've, won't we won't repeat that one then until we get some confirmation <laughs> <until it's, laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to offend anybody i don't want to get canceled by mainers i don't yeah. think i would though <laughs> they're pretty accepting people i i you know i've lived in quite a few different um states and stuff like that cool florida down here maine michigan all over the place and uh yeah i don't know mainers are uh they're good people nice yeah it took a few years of really getting to know everybody but once you get into that club then all of a sudden you're getting invited out on boats you get all these perks there's lobsters <laughs> everywhere there's it seems lobsters. like <laughs> it seems like you could eat lobster for free every single night up there i don't know wow it takes a little while it's not okay. like you know it's not like you drive into maine and there's a welcome packet with a lobster, with a lobster, and a... lobster in it yeah no, <laughs> you, you gotta do your time okay well good to know we're excited to get up to maine and see it i've never been but Dude, you should come up this summer we're talking about maybe we're talking about maybe well let's and you know Obviously, we're sort of going all over the place. I'm just sort of, you know, I'm pretty excited to have you on the show. Thanks, man. It I'm excited nice. to be here. Yeah. And I, well, and I was able to do, I kind of did intentionally the same thing I, I did when Pax and Amy uh, were first here. Mm -hmm. It's like, I try not to talk to you at all. Yeah. So the, when we get to do the podcast, this is sort of like the uh, breaking of the ice, getting to know people. Oh, cool. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's, I don't know. I find it, it to be a little more genuine because um, I, there's, I've never tried to sit here and, and come up with like notes or anything or right. questions and, right. and stuff. So we're not going to tell everyone listening that we reviewed the script before we started. <laughs> You're going off script, man. Gosh, what are you thinking? <laughs> So you guys and and I, dude, I I I gotta write your wife's name down. Oh, Kenzie. Kenzie, I don't know why I can't remember that. It's Kenzie, and then you have her cousin. Uh, don't tell me it's it's uh, it's it's not Casey, but it's um, Cassie. Exactly yes. right. Ah, good job. Sweet. Ah, I'm getting it. You got like a full boat compared to me. It's just a full all boat. here alone. Yeah, full boat right yep. now. And and we have uh, Ada, our seventy-five pound Doberman German Shepherd. I know that one's a little crazy. I gotta I gotta figure out my I gotta wrap my head around that one. Okay, that yeah. is a, a pretty big dog to have on a boat. She's a pretty big dog. Yes, and yes, that sir. boat. So well, I guess uh, let's start with the boat. Okay. Um, yeah, we've been what all kind? Over. How big? Yeah. Uh, so it's a CSY thirty-seven. Um, it was a it was made in nineteen seventy-nine. Um, by Caribbean Sailing Yacht, CSY. I believe they were in Tampa, Florida. Um, most of their boats went into the charter trade. They were building boats to charter them out. Uh, but they also did personal orders. 
Um, so I have some of the paperwork with the boat from like the guy that ordered it. Oh, really? Uh, custom. Yeah. With all the prices and everything, it cost, uh, I think it was $72,000. Holy smokes. Or so. Yeah. Nice. Back in 79, which I did a little bit of work on the, on the inflation calculator for whatever that's worth. It's yeah. like 300,000 today Holy or something like cow. that. They sold yeah. uh, West sales. I believe it was either 25 or 28,000. Okay. But that also actually was part of the problem, uh, part of the reason West Sale went out of business because they they took orders and mm-hmm. took people's money mm-hmm. for a whole bunch of boats, and then the oil crisis uh, came in, which also affected the resin to build the very boats. Very much so, yes. And so all of a sudden, it was costing West Sale more money to build the boats than they were receiving. And, exactly, uh, but they had already contracted out so many of them. So. Yep. Well, that's unfortunate. CSY similarly went out of business in the early 80s. How um, many did they build, do you know? I know that they built just shy of 100 of oh, okay. the 37-foot. Wow. Yeah. Um, I forget. They also made a 44 uh, center cockpit. Um, and I think they made closer to like 250 of those. And wow. then there was How, a smaller... I, have you ever been on a 44? Not the CSY forty four, no. I'll bet you that's gigantic. It would if be. it's if it all looks like yours. It's actually a very standard center cockpit design. It oh, doesn't. It, really? It's, okay. it's got some of the same parts that were put on our boat. Yeah, but it's a standard. Uh, what's it called? The coach roof or, or whatever. The kind of standard uh, sailboat. The cabin trunk. Cabin sir? trunk. Thank you. I don't have one, so I don't know what they're called. <laughs> um, I know yours is like full. Full deck. Yeah, flush deck. But decks. it's just, it's like, I, I when I saw your boat, the first time I came out to it, I just, the first thing I thought is like, that must be amazingly roomy down yeah, below. It, it is, it is. And we need to, we'll go over and walk through the boat once we're once we're done recording. Yeah, it. yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But it is, it is the only boat I've ever been in where you, when you go inside, it feels bigger than you thought it was going to be from looking at it on right the right oh i i bet i bet a lot of people say that about the west sails too they'll they'll sort of see this and it, you know these boats do look kind of tiny because they are kind of tiny but they then do. they'll come down and sort of like whoa man, yeah you got a bit of room here absolutely yeah so, hmm. so csy 37 um were the uh i think the third owners of the boat oh, okay is it yeah 40 40 something year old boat, only three owners. So the couple that we bought it from, a wonderful couple named Ralph and Marat, um, we got to know them very well because we were like part time living in their backyard after we bought the boat. Yeah, you were saying. <laughs> so you're, it was in their backyard for how many years? Oh, um, they had it in Florida. Most of most of the boat's life has been in Florida. They mm. moved to North Carolina after retirement, which was in like. 2010 or 2015 something like that okay maybe 2005 probably 2005 given their age and and the boat either way so then it was up in their backyard in north carolina they specifically shopped for and bought that house because it had a had a canal dredged in the backyard for the sailboat oh wow okay well was it on the hard or was it actually in the water in the water oh it was in the water it was in the water in their backyard yeah yep and then you guys hauled it out Correct. We went, we, uh, when we moved on board, we, we, we were like no longer going to stay in their backyard. Yeah. Right. Cause we were coming down for weekends, mostly moving our stuff onto the boat, fixing a couple things and going back to our house, which was like four hours away 
to sell everything again and load up another load of stuff into our little two-door Honda Civic and drive <laughs> four hours back up to the boat and bring all of it out. I don't know how we did it, but we fit like seven car loads of stuff in that boat. Wow. And it was it was a mess. If you can imagine, oh, we didn't I have anything can, yeah. stored. Nothing was in lockers. It was just piled in the middle of the boat. And it almost went to the ceiling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just chocked full of stuff like we'll figure out where we're gonna put this yep and if it doesn't fit we don't need it yeah right so we just kept bringing stuff we're like if it doesn't fit we'll get rid of it how uh how complete or or ocean ready i should say was the boat when you got it when you purchased it um it's in pretty good shape um the rigging is a little old um but it's all done with stay lock fittings if we were going to do any serious ocean sailing i'm going to redo the rig um, okay. And yeah. probably pull the chain plates and look at them before we do any serious offshore work, you know, more than like a couple days. Definitely a good idea. Um, or yeah. a handful of miles. Well, you can get, I I haven't seen exactly how your chain plates are set up, but like mm-hmm. on this boat, they're on the outside, obviously. Yes. Um, but they can get, no matter how well they're bedded and everything, you start to get a little bit of salt water underneath the stainless uh-huh. and you can get the pitting and all that. I had it on a few things when I was redoing this boat to get it ready. And Mm -hmm. it's shocking to, you know, pull something off and look at the underneath and you're like, holy cow, it's like cavitated out. It's like somebody like scraped away a bunch of the aluminum and stainless, you know, it's like, whoa. It is amazing. Nature will take everything back. That's the nature of the beast is these boats, we we basically are putting them in an environment that uh, wants to eat them alive. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, and you see it in the South versus like Michigan, the houses and the cars, everything deteriorates faster Oh, here gosh, in yeah. the coastal areas. Yeah, yeah. We get um, up in Michigan because they salt the roads. Outside the of the road salt. Yeah. yeah that's an like, entirely different. Go look at our car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? They All the uh, automated car wash places up, up there have the underbody thing mm-hmm. in them. So you can, Very important. Yeah. There was, um, back in the day when I worked in the BVI, mm-hmm. I, when I owned a car long ago, um, <laughs> I used to leave it up there at my parents' place. And I can remember one time coming back and I couldn't move the car. Fired it up. Engine works great. Yeah. Couldn't move the car. Brakes were rusted shut. My old man had borrowed or used the car at some point during the winter and then parked it again for the next like six months. Oh, no. And the rotors, the brake pads, everything Uh had to be replaced. It just just had salt and gunk all underneath it. And then the muffler fell off shortly thereafter. (laughs) And I think when the muffler (laughs) fell off, that was the... That was the straw that broke the camel's back, and I okay. sold it. And I, I, I own a, uh, a very inexpensive motorcycle. Okay, up north, and that's that's my only other mode of transportation besides Mighty Sparrow. Nice, I keep very it cool. Super simple. Super simple. Try to. That's least. the best way to go. Yeah, you know. yeah. Or it's certainly the easiest way to go on a boat. It seems to fit boating better. Yeah, in my opinion. yeah. Keeping it as simple as you can doesn't uh doesn't take away from the experience of boating well that that sort of vagabond sort of lifestyle where you can just untie some lines and then disappear off to some other place it's wild yeah it it is but it, it does take a little bit of um discipline to make sure that you don't all of a sudden acquire things that all of a sudden you have to figure out 
how you're going to deal with that before you leave. Uh-huh. And somehow I've I've always been able to sort of avoid most of that, but that's good. You know, it's uh it's good in some ways, but in other ways it, it can be pretty lonely, you know. Sure. You're just sort of like I have nothing. <laughs> it's just me and Sparrow. <laughs> well, if you're going to only have one thing. Yeah, Sparrow's pretty good. Sparrow. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So, you guys have the boat we do. It's in the water, and then you take it to go haul it out to do some serious work? We did, yeah. So we did some painting on the boat, and we did a whole lot of plumbing, and um, gosh, I don't even remember what else. All kinds of new stuff on the boat. Working, you know, we tore out air conditioners and fridges. Oh, um, wow. You got an air... Did you get rid of the air conditioner? We did, yeah. Nice. Got rid of the Respect. air conditioner. Yep. Got rid Box of the fridge. fans. They work yep. great. Fans are awesome. Well, you have the big... Uh, sort of square hatches that I have. Yes. And I, dude, if I put a box fan up forward and I uh-huh. turn on full blast and it just sucks air in through all these portholes and stuff, uh-huh. you, you just constantly have a breeze in this boat. It's That's perfect, awesome. You know, I haven't tried a box fan, but I'm going to go get one now because, yeah, that'll work really good. Oh, they're, they're lovely. That's wonderful. It's all about airflow. That's what I've found. Uh huh. Especially, you know, I, there are times though down here, especially in like June. Uh, yeah, I've only been here for June like a little bit, a couple of days. Where it's right. like ninety something. Yeah, we're we're then gonna go north. We're yeah, gonna go yeah. north because it's we've got two options now. We're either gonna buy an air conditioner or we're gonna sail <laughs> north. Gonna and go. sailing north sounds way more fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, for sure. So there in the boatyard though, we did uh, we did get a window air conditioner, like the smallest one they yeah, made. Yeah, yeah. Put it up in a hatch and got some foam around it to insulate it. But even that couldn't keep up with the with the late summer sun. Yeah. Um, well, because that sun. I mean, in this boat. Even even though I have that big sunshade, mm-hmm. like underneath here, this is just decking. There's no insulation in this boat at all. Okay. And if you put your hand up here, it'll be, Ooh. it feels like an oven. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Our, our boat is, is um, uh, unique in that the, 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 the deck does not have any coring. It's solid fiberglass on our boat. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. So some good, some bad, right? It's it's uh, when people get on, they're like, "Oh, that's squishy. You should look at it." I'm like, no, "It's it's fiberglass." It's like, it, no, it's all fiberglass. It, Don't worry. It flexes. It's fine. These have so the hull on a West Sail is all pure fiberglass. Mm-hmm. Super crazy, insane amounts. Um, oh yeah. But then the cabin trunk, and I I think the deck is just fiberglass. Okay. But it's only, you know, a foot wide or whatever right. uh, on either side. And, then and that's where most of your teak was that you took off, right? It was all on the sides. Off. Yeah, yeah, all along the sides and then up uh, on the foredeck. And the foredeck, okay. uh, at least up where, like, the bowsprit goes in stuff, that has uh, a plywood core uh-huh. in it. That makes sense. Um, it needs to be stronger. Yeah, and this does as well. But it's when – any time where I've had to drill, like, a core out or something and I pull uh-huh. it out, I'm like, wow, okay. So we get that much fiberglass over that much wood and then that much fiberglass below it. And then underneath all the ceiling is another layer of wood. It's just ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, they, they overbuilt these boats. But I, that's that's sort of what I liked right about the whole thing was i was like i wanted to be so overbuilt that if i happened to be out there in the worst conditions ever yeah you know forget about the mast if that goes that goes but i can at least be down here and i'm in the world's biggest life raft you know? right the boat's gonna survive it's not gonna be fun but no, you'll, fun you'll stay in one piece and, <laughs> yeah right and you'll uh you'll make it out 
much more, uh, much better than if you were swimming. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. That's the theory. Yeah. What? Uh, how? Yeah. What sort of keel does does your boat have? Um, it has the uh, the cutaway. It's like a cutaway shoal draft keel. So we oh. draft like less than five and a half feet. Yeah. Um, and then we've just got a cutaway for where our prop is, and then a full skeg on our rudder. Okay. Okay. So it's trying to imagine it so the bow comes down and then is it is it just like boom and then it comes all the way out yep so it's it's almost like like this boat is a full keel there's a full keel so you know the the bow just keeps going underneath and then the bottom of the keel is about a foot and a half wide flat Okay. I'm pretty sure you could stand this boat up without any jack stands when it's on the hard. Yeah. yeah, the west sails have a high um, ballast ratio, from what I remember from looking at them. There's a lot of lead down uh, in that yeah. keel. There, there's a lot of weight down there. And, I, you know, anytime I'm looking at it when it's on land, I'm always, oh, geez, that looks top heavy but it's absolutely <laughs> not it's just not happening the like, top of the boat's not filled with lead no, the bottom of the boat the is. bottom of it is for sure <laughs> yeah so she's pretty stable have you taken it um she is or have you taken it not offshore but um how much sailing have you done on it we've only done a little bit i'd say the only true sailing we've done on the boat has been um down here in south carolina uh, cause doing the ICW, we were just, we were just going and it was so cold that we were just picking the warmer days and it right, usually right. wasn't even windy. Um, it's just like, let's motor. Let's yeah. Go. We're just, we were running from the cold and just, we'll figure it out later because yeah. we weren't anywhere near done with our boat projects, but we didn't want to stay at the boat yard for the winter and work on them. So we just decided to leave and keep finishing the boat as we're going. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah. are there, are there any like big projects that still have yet to be done? Um, just a couple things. We want to do the decks. We want to, or we're, we're, uh, putting new grip on the decks and we're painting the decks. Uh, we did all the painting on the side of the boat and the bottom and of the boat. And that looks phenomenal. FYI. Did you just roll that on? Thank or, you so much. Or did I, you spray uh, it? I did. I rolled it. I, I invented a new paint application method because we couldn't figure out how to roll and tip. Right. Um, so I, I actually figured out how to just roll it where you roll it and then flatten it out afterwards. Do you just, I, I used to, anytime I ever had to do that, I would just keep rolling and keep rolling until the bubbles got so small Uh that I was like, all right, that should be good. And then they seemed to just dissipate as it dried. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much what you were doing. Kind of. Yeah. I was, um, I used a little roller, like a six inch roller, a foam roller, and I would only put paint, a foam roller. Yeah. Pretty high, pretty thick foam roller. Actually, it's like a three eighth inch thick, uh, foam. Um, but I would only put the paint on the tip of the roller, only on the tip of the roller, and the rest of it would be basically dry. And then I would roll forward with that tip, just ah. up and down, and the uh, with a lot of pressure on that tip. And what it did was the tip would push the paint on, and then the gradual like angle that you held the roller at would... Ooh, sorry about that noise. The angle sorry. of the roller would um, pop all those bubbles and smooth out your lines and everything. And so it it was easy. The fill method. Yeah, I yeah. like it. How I, many coats you put on that? Had to be at oh least three or gosh. four, right? Don't give me post traumatic issues. I think <laughs> uh, I think we did. Because um, it looks like two, a really solid paint job. It looks. We did two or three coats of primer on on the boat with, nice. with sanding yep. in between all of it. Um, and this was after we sanded and fared the boat for like two whole days. Oh yeah, you yeah, know yeah. We, had, well, we had. Well, if you want a good paint job, 
it's all about the preparation. Uh-huh. Like, oh, that's absolutely. That's what the guys up in Maine that, that paint the lobster boats and stuff, my buddy uh-huh. um, Cy Knight, who is one of the part owners of the the place that I work at, and mm-hmm. he, yeah, I mean, he's just like it's all, it's all about the prep guy. That's yep, what he says that's all it was. That's <laughs> all it was. We uh, we sashayed our fathers, mine and my wife Kenzie's. Both of our dads came out for like ten days. Oh, nice. we rented an Airbnb over Father's Day. We're like, hey, come hang out with us. We're gonna paint this, the boat. Uh, fun thing we're gonna do oh my gosh yeah they had a blast they both enjoy that kind of stuff yeah yeah but uh yeah we we ha- we paid for them to come down and put a sander in their hands nice get to work <laughs> they do the sanding somebody else takes it down with acetone and then you fill every little that's Ugh. the hardest thing for me is you know and i even did that some of it today just trying to fill fill all these little gaps that are up okay on the, the four peak that i'm doing and you know tomorrow I'm going to go sand all the filler off, and then I'm mm-hmm. going to see the six or seven spots that I missed. Oh, yeah. And have to redo it again with some uh-huh. more filler. And it's one of those things, I don't know, I, I hate to say it, but I always just give up at some point where I'm like, <laughs> I'm like that's fine, that's good enough, and yep. then I start painting. But Kenzie and I have a saying that we've been using a lot. Islands are going to look exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Wise words, my friend. Wise words. Oh, that being said, we're definitely on the perfectionist side of that. Uh, well, of that you, coin. yeah. I mean, especially when when it's sort of the first go round. Yeah, you really give it your all. I mean, I try and think back to some of the like the varnish jobs or paint jobs and things like that that I did on this boat, and mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't have to paint the hull. Like, luckily. The, the guy who owned this boat had had it professionally all gripped. And so nice. when I when I first came to this boat, it was absolutely gorgeous. Nice. Now it's it's definitely, the hull paint is definitely looking pretty tired. But mm-hmm. um, How many you know, years ago was that? That was 2016. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just so about six years. Six years, yeah. That's not bad on paint. Well, you know, I for what I, I mean, when I'm out at sea, she doesn't get rinsed and i've been out at sea close to like 500 days on her something like that so she's you know she doesn't get washed down as much as she should fair enough you know (laughs) when i'm on land though i I try i want to do a little wax job on her before i head north just to protect it okay and i like definitely doing that in the boatyard and stuff Mm because it's such a dusty sort of gritty place but yeah you know we'll we'll see how that goes sure very cool so uh, you get the boat, you yep. bring it down here. What, uh, you say you definitely want to, you're thinking you're going north in the next couple of months. That's correct. Yep. But what are the long range? What are the long range? What are the plans? dreams? What are the dreams? When you lay your head on your <laughs> pillow at night yeah. in your bunk, yep. you're writing in your journal. Yep. What are you thinking? Ooh. Um, we're we're thinking of doing some some ocean crossings in our future, so I don't know exactly what that's going to be. Yeah. We have uh, we have really one bucket list item for sailing um, that's like a must happen for us. Like we're going to be very disappointed, and that is to sail in fjords. Whoa! And that significantly limits where we can go to do that because there's only a few places in the world where you yeah. can sail sail our boat into fjords. So, you know, you're looking at, like, New Zealand, you're looking at Norway, you're looking at Chile. Greenland? Um, maybe Greenland as well, yeah. Possibly. I think, I don't remember if there's, I think there are. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, yeah. 
Uh, wow. What yeah. is it about the fjords you like that? I don't know. I've just always liked them. Something something about water right up to mountains is just so striking. It and is I've beautiful. Never, I've never been to a fjord before. Oh, and really? And it would be really cool to get there on my own boat and Dude. like go see a fjord on my own boat. Yeah. Well, and and those those sort of places I can only imagine because I've 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 seen them from land. Like I've been to some of the ones down in New Zealand and stuff. Okay. Um, I would think you would have that place to yourself, no matter where it is. It's pretty tough to get to, and there's a yeah. lot of space. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But that's some treacherous ocean you got to cross. Yes, to, sir. To get to it. Yes, sir. The North Atlantic is no joke. No, no, it is not. So it's a long term goal. That <laughs> uh, definitely, I, I could see that as long term. Uh huh. But you know, I uh, as far as like sort of the build up to that though. Yeah. You know, you can do you can do the trip from the East Coast to Bermuda. Absolutely. It's like a seven, ten day or depending on, you know, how fast you go and, and how how the Bermuda high treats you. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get anywhere near that island and the wind is just completely gone. But right. it sounds like you have a pretty good engine. It's in great shape. Yep. It's what, what kind is it? It's a um excuse me, it's a Perkins four one oh eight. I got the same one. How many horsepower? Nice, fifty. Me too. Heck yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I have had this this engine has has always performed. Yep. But I have had major issues with it that I've had to deal with like out at sea and stuff. Really? Um, okay. Like what? Mostly the the biggest trouble I have is that I'm I'm getting water coming in through the exhaust. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah, the so the exhaust through hull is is only four or five inches above the water line. Okay. Uh, but I have one of those anti-siphon valves and all that sort of stuff in the line. Okay. And the problem is, and I don't know if it's how the hoses are 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 sort of located and stuff, but mm-hmm. when this boat gets in heavy seas and I'm running with it and yep. it's rolling yep. pretty heavily to either side and it does it for a day or two or three, Yep. Uh, I think what's happening is it dips way down and then it... it Grab some of that water when it comes up the other way, and then does it again and again and again, and it finally makes its way back in. Uh, oh, okay. I'm trying to work on a solution to be able to get the valve is just almost impossible to lo- not locate, but like mm-hmm. get to mm-hmm. when you really just want to be able to shut it off. So I'm going to try and rig up a little pulley system for it. But, okay, you know. I saw uh, a couple that had been cruising on their boat for something like ten years in the boatyard. Mm-hmm. And they came in, and I could tell they knew what they were doing because they came in. They knocked out like seven projects in in three Old days. Old bros, yeah. Old bros, yeah. And they were just boom, 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 and gone. Uh, but one of the things that they had that I asked him about, he said he loved it, was a flap. He had like a rubber yeah. flap over the over the back of his exhaust. I've seen so those. that if water pushed up against it, only a little bit could get in. Right, right, right. Yep. And yeah, I mean that's that's definitely one thought. I. The only thing I think about is whether or not how how actually watertight it is, because there will be sometimes where I go a couple of weeks without firing that engine up. Right. And if you're going that long, you know it doesn't take too long before it's always just going to scoop a little more and a little more. There's mm-hmm. there's some design flaw with how this boat is the engine and and the exhaust manifold and all that stuff is set up. Okay. But other than that, uh. It's been great. I mean, nice. it's it's really hard to start when it's cold. Okay. Do you get that problem? Um, 
it uh, it's harder to start, but we haven't had much issue with it. I do sometimes have to switch on to both batteries, like our start battery. Oh, okay. Yeah, sometimes yeah. is not quite enough. Give um, it that extra. But that battery is it, it needs to get replaced anyways. It's getting a little tired. I'm gonna do that too. Ugh. Yep. But we just have lead acid for our, our house bank. And yeah. So I'll just switch it on all the batteries and I, we've yeah. got like 13, 1400 cold crank amps. Yeah, right. She's gonna like, start. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, I think I do believe that you're onto something there where I think some of the issue that I have sometimes is that the batteries don't quite have enough mm-hmm. to crank it as fast as it wants to crank to fire up but like yeah. i i mean I, there's two methods i do if it's really really cold mm-hmm. i have a little blowtorch <laughs> and i burn that thing straight into the air intake okay and that that will get it to fire up pretty quickly interesting yeah. okay the other one is to squirt uh some wd-40 in there because mm-hmm. i've heard that Using some of that ether or starter fluid yeah. is actually can be pretty detrimental to the engine. It's from what I hear, it works great until you blow your engine up. Right, right, <laughs> something like that happens, and then, yeah, then you're you're definitely out of luck. What color is yours? Blue. Blue. Yeah, yep. mine Perkins oh, blue. Oh my god, that's so funny, man. Motor buddies. Yeah, we are motor buddies. <laughs> this is it. That's sort of just what happens in the marina. You yeah. find all these things that bring people together. Absolutely. Sort of like man. now we're bonded for life. <laughs> How many hours you got? Uh, if you trust the hour meter less than a thousand. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wonder if it's been rebuilt. I know mine has. I, uh, don't know. I don't know. I do know it's from the eighties. Um, yeah. but our boat has seen pretty gentle use over its life, which is right, pretty nice. Right. Well, it's, it's crazy. Cause so we have the same engine, your boat, it's obviously quite a bit bigger and heavier than mine. Um, maybe 28,000 pounds. Oh, okay. 26. Yeah. So. Okay. Pretty yeah. similar. Pretty similar. Is that is that your weight on a scale, or is that the, uh, uh, the spec weight? That's like this. I that's what it says on the uh, Coast Guard certification. Okay. When I go up to Rockland, we I think only one of the scales on our travel lift works. Okay. And I want to say they it it's ranged between eleven and thirteen. Okay. Uh, thousand pounds. So okay. yeah, if it's if it's more on the thirteen side, then yeah, that's twenty six thousand. Okay, but um, but I, if I'm trying to just motor mm-hmm. and I want to get up to cruising speed, which for this boat is if I'm if I can do five knots, any anywhere between four and a half and five knots, then I'm I'm loving it. That's all. That's speed. like yeah, just about nine hundred yeah. RPMs. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh and wow! So I. What I didn't realize after after reading um, Nigel Calder's diesel book and stuff, okay, which I think is like a Bible, you got to have it on the boat. Um, I didn't realize that for the first bunch of years, I never was even using this engine properly because I was just under using it, right? And they need that juice. They and do. Now I know that you know when I'm out there, if I'm motoring for just a couple hours or whatever, I'll, I'll kick that sucker up. Oh yeah. Um, you know, 12, 1400 RPMs. Okay. But if I try and push it all the way to like 2000, mm-hmm. it's just going to sit there and cavitate and right. Cause it just can't make this boat go that fast. It, honestly, I, I'm pretty sure most West sales have like a 30 or a 36 horsepower. I was going to say that seems like you have maybe a little too much motor, yeah. but you could get 
like a big fat alternator on there if you wanted and oh i have a pretty big one on there yeah do you nice that's probably my next one of my next upcoming projects i think i'm gonna get like 150 amp or whatever oh wow big big boy holy cow but i'll have to see what we can actually do right right jeez (laughs) i've always wanted do you have as far as your transmission goes um on this boat we have a, a velvet drive as do we Okay, does yours freewheel when you're sailing? Oh, you don't know yet, do you? Um, you haven't been out like really ripping on the old sailboat. I have not looked. I have not looked to see if it if it turns when we're sailing. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. This boat, and I, I don't know, it may be something with the stuffing box um, or, or that whole arena <laughs> of the, the prop shaft, but... In the beginning, it, it would always freewheel if I was sailing fast. Okay. Anything less than fast, then yeah, it would it would harden up. But mm-hmm. on this last trip, it, it seems like it's loosened up a little bit, and literally, it's just if I'm doing four knots, it's just boom, and it's spinning. And I ended wow. up um, having to put a pipe wrench on it. Wow. Okay. Because it was so loud, and <laughs> there was one time, so for like 24 hours, I just let it go, mm-hmm. and. I went back there to sort of check on it, and the transmission was hot. Oh, my goodness. And I hadn't run the engine in days. Oh, no. Like, okay, yeah. I'm going to burn, like, bearings or something out. You, yeah. Yep. And, yeah, so it was one of those things. I'd love to have, like, a clamp. I'm trying to figure out a different system because I almost broke my finger putting the pipe wrench on there one time. Mm-hmm. It was It's spinning, but it wasn't spinning that fast as far as I could see. Right. And I have the pipe wrench in my hand, and I'm, you know, it's pretty awkward, but I get it in there, and then all of a sudden, Boom! And it hits and it bites and then smashed my finger. Luckily, the nail actually just grew out like a month ago. Yikes! Um, so then I I went and I attached a little line to it so I could dangle it, <laughs> and and then I put a little pad up against the hull so okay. that when it caught it would. But I didn't even like that because it just seemed like too much jerking right motion going on, and right. so uh, I ended up getting a piece of wood so that I could. I could lever that to stop the prop shaft from spinning mm. and then put the pipe wrench on and then ease it off. And yep. so it seems a little better, but it's, I don't know. I, I know they have reading in the book. They've, you know, they've, you can get clamps and all sorts of things to be able okay. to stop that. Cause some engines are designed, you put it in reverse and it will stop it. Okay. Uh, but other engines just, it'll just freewheel and it's not good because it'll, yeah, it'll mess up your transmission. It'll just so. wear it out. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. We're we're getting there. Uh, there's always new little oddball things that come up. That's the joy of old owning a, an old boat. An old yeah, an old girl. Like, it's uh, I like it. I don't know if I'd want a new boat after holding an old after owning an old boat. Yeah, I kind of like it. She's got a lot of character, you know, and all these places. You got all the history that's like visible of like what the boat's been through and all the changes that have been made and stuff. They just got so much personality. I couldn't agree more. I mean, even when I'm doing the varnish work and stuff, I rarely like to take the wood completely down. Okay. Because if there's like scratches or marks that I remember that I put in there, yeah, you know, from this, that, and the other thing, I'm sort of like, hey, you know, I feel like this wood's trying to like tell a story. It is. So I might as well just be a little more gentle, slap. Because, you know, if you get a nice layer of varnish over anything it's gonna look good always but if it can also tell a story i mean just when when we get out of here i'll show you up in the companion way you can see where for literally months i had my hands gripping 
the wood and it's all been it's completely different than all the rest and then spots you know around the boat and stuff where i'm just constantly grabbing that one piece and yeah it's, you know it goes on for long enough and that yeah like you said it it tells a story so it does that's really cool. cool man yeah yeah yeah. very oh, fun geez. yeah uh, i you know it's it's so funny it's it, being up in michigan for a couple months uh-huh there's just no sailing going on up there, so you don't talk about sailing. Right. You don't talk about boats. Uh-huh. And then you come down here, and it's nice to sort of get back into that realm of... It is. You know, the the whole idea of, of a boat and being able to sail and go to foreign places and uh-huh. just do it all on... I don't know, man. It's it's like reinvigorating me. It is. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the, the, one of the, the, the last, like, true forms of, like free freedom where you've got like whatever you want to do however you want to do it you can just go i will load it up and then if i you know something bad happens it's my fault but there's no you know once you get offshore there's nobody telling you what to do or anything like that yeah it really is like the last sort of free zone out there it is yeah yeah it's cool man it's very fun so yeah do you guys think you'll uh, try and hit up like the Caribbean? Yes, that is our plan. Next winter, we're going to the Caribbean. Oh, okay, very yeah. nice, very nice. What uh, have you guys investigated at all as far as where, what sort of route and stuff you want to do? We're not sure yet. We're not sure. Um, we're thinking we're going to probably go to the Keys on our way down. Oh, okay, um, and then we'll uh, then we'll probably go to the Bahamas. Yeah. And then from there, uh, we'll just see what we feel like doing. You know, it's part of the fun of boating is you go where you want to go. We can have a loose plan. Um, But going to like the BVIs uh, as well, doing something like that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just every every country down there has a whole different flavor. Uh, The people people are great, I think, all along the Caribbean. I've never really had any issues or anything like that. And... Cool. You know, you, you sort of learn the social norms and stuff. I, I still remember one of the first times I was down there working on another boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we were in St. Thomas or St. John. And I had to go take the laundry in to a laundromat. And I walked in. And I remember just walking in and being like, hey, I need to get this cleaned. And the lady just looks at me and she's just like, good morning. <laughs> and that that was the best lesson I've ever had in my life. And that continued on throughout all the time I spent down there. So, you know, you don't just go and it's not like the States where you walk into a store and get some sort of service. Right. It's, you're interacting with another human being. So yeah. you got to start off with like, oh, how are, how's your day going? <laughs> I like your nails. Oh, that's lovely <laughs> hairstyle you have today. Oh, that's great. And yeah. All of a sudden, leaps and bounds, you're getting all this stuff done because yeah. people, you know, it's like now you have sort of a, a a bit of a friend, yeah, instead of just somebody behind a counter, you know, right? Yeah, I don't blame him. Mm. I don't blame him one bit. Uh, yeah. Treat me like a person. I, I know. I, I felt like that when I worked in food service a lot. Oh, so my God. I, I've yeah, got right. a lot of sympathy for that. Yeah. What were you doing? What was your job? Oh, I was a I was a deli kind of place in a fitness gym. Back in high school, when I worked in food service, oh, yeah, really? but it was like a high-end fitness gym, and we made smoothies and sandwiches. And oh, all that okay, kind of gotcha, stuff. Yeah, gotcha. there was a poolside 
poolside thing as well. You know, fried food and burgers and all that at the fitness club. At the fitness club. Oh yeah, man. Our 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 milk or the uh, the protein shakes. Only like a third of them were healthy. <laughs> Most of those things are like you know the the smoothies and stuff that people mm-hmm. rave about. Whoa, are so chock full of sugar. It's it's a big old scary. cup of ice cream, man. Yeah, essentially. And you'll drink it down, not knowing that you would never eat that much ice cream in one sitting, but you'll drink it like water. Yeah. It's like, oh no, this is healthy. It's green. Yeah. It's, it's green. Woo, woo, woo. It's got protein powder in it. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> mine you know. has whey in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we made some good ones, man. Chocolate, peanut butter, banana. Oh, that was my favorite. Jeez. That's something I would eat when I was on like the Appalachian Trail. Oh yeah. It's like give me the max calories for the minimal effort. And oh that's yeah. That's what I want. And you'll burn them all too up there. Oh yeah, definitely. When when you get to sort of midway and beyond where you're doing twenty plus mile days mm-hmm. like every day, I think you're probably burning six to eight thousand calories a oh, day. Oh my goodness. And you're just you're just losing weight. Your your whole upper body just shrivels. Okay. And your legs stay relatively obviously they're strong, but they stay sort of, you know, in the same shape. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think when I started that I probably was about 185 pounds. When I mm-hmm. finished it, I might have been like one fifty five. Oh my goodness. Something like that. Yeah. That's a good crash diet right there. Yeah, well, I, I, it took four and a half months. So. Okay, that's not bad though. That's yeah, not yeah, bad. yeah. Well, when I when I did the trip around the world, um, I had to ration food from right just about Australia all the way around Cape Horn. And okay, that was just about three months. And okay, what was in, your calories per day? Um, probably between five hundred and a thousand. Oh my god. And goodness. then towards the very end there, like middle to the ha- end of the Pacific, it was even uh-huh. less. I I went from probably being 190 pounds uh-huh. near Australia to being probably 145. Wow. Okay. Time. And that was that was a crash. I mean, that happened really quickly. I have I have pictures uh uh-huh. I took after I got my food dropped off to me from uh, the Falkland Islands. Mhm. The, I went through this gale that night, and then the next day, it was sunny, yeah. and I had to fix a bunch of stuff. I had to go up the mast a bunch of times, did all okay. that, and then I like stripped down for the first time in two and a half months. Mm-hmm. You just it's cold and it's miserable, so you don't. I had layers on, you never Constantly. stripped them all the way down. Yeah, yeah. I remember pulling all the layers off my top and looking and. The veins in my arms <laughs> were all over my arms, up my shoulders, and when I looked down, there were veins on my stomach. Oh my goodness! And I had like a full eight pack. Just <laughs> and I remember putting deodorant on after I took a little bit of a you know a little rinse. Uh-huh. And I couldn't fit the deodorant bar in my armpit because it was it, just like sunk in. Sunk in. It was like a hole. Oh my gosh! And then I took a bunch of selfies, which you know when I used to do the presentations and stuff. That was always a fan favorite. Okay. I'd go through because I did a bunch. Luckily, when I was out there, you know, half crazy, uh-huh. I did a whole bunch of crazy poses. Okay. And so I flipped through like six or seven of those and the, you know, <laughs> the crowd loved it. And it was always good. Uh, but it really is, you know, when I look at those, I'm like, holy cow. Like I had, had I not been able to get that food drop mm-hmm. in between those storms and all that sort of stuff. Mm hmm. 
and if I wouldn't have been able to get in there, it would have been bad. Like that. I was, I was at a point where it would, uh, it was getting dangerous. Because at that point too, mm-hmm. I had no more food. Wow. I, I sort of just was like, all right, I'm gonna make it to the Falklands. Yeah, I'm gonna eat everything I have. And I think when I pulled in there, I might have had one or two cups of rice, some lentils. Okay. And, uh, I think that was about it. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a day or two of food. Yeah, and Max. and the fishing was just not very good. Oh uh, no! Okay, yeah, deep deep water stuff. Uh, it's hit or miss. Southern Ocean. Yeah, it's not. And you're sailing a route. You're not chasing fish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right now, let me ask you this: This is the most important question. What was your first meal when you got back? Oh, when I got back. Yeah. Well, the, the or, first or like, what was like the what was the like I need to go get some food like, yeah well, what my, was that thing as I as I was pulling in uh, my buddy Mike Porter came out on a little power boat uh-huh. and just just you know an hour or two outside of Gloucester six in the morning he brought mm-hmm. a pizza okay. and a six pack of beer that sounds like a and great so I I mean hitting that up was just unreal yeah um, but now did I, you eat the whole pizza. Uh, or did you guys share the pizza and the beer? I'm pretty sure I ate the whole thing. I think I just <laughs> gobbled it down. If it was a full pizza, um, I can't even really, I can't even really remember. But once once I got back on land, I, we went out to dinner uh, that first night, and I remember having just a huge cheeseburger. Nice. I just had this this insatiable need for <laughs> a huge piece of beef. Yeah. And just bread and and. I there's the, something about a cheeseburger that's been my go-to if I'm real hungry for a period of time. Yeah, the Boundary Waters, for example, where oh, you're eating when you get out. Food. Yeah, did you eat at that Dairy Queen in Ely? Uh, probably when we got out. Okay, when we went in, there was some sort of cool little uh, sit-down restaurant that we definitely ate at before we went in. I can't remember if it's like moose something or other. Oh, okay. I don't know. It, it was it was probably like 10 years ago was the last time I was there. Yeah. That's about when I was there last, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But those yeah, those meals, I mean, oh. It's unbelievable. They're oh, yeah. so good. When you just when you've been eating macaroni and cheese and ramen mm-hmm. noodles and all that sort of stuff, go get some real f- a burger. Oh. It's the best thing it's you've ever so eaten. So good, yeah, it's so good. And I eat it for for literally weeks after that trip. Anytime I was eating, I was making sure everybody knew how great it was. <laughs> oh, this is, oh, it's so good! I'm looking around, people are staring at me. And, You're like, was McDonald's always this good? <laughs> oh man, so good, so good. Well, so. Caribbean, getting to the fjords. Yeah, sounds like you got some pretty good game plan going. It's 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 a half cock game plan, but yeah. it's a good one. Yeah. Are you guys gonna try and do uh, like any documenting the voyage, any YouTube stuff, or anything like We've that? We've thought about it. We've thought about it. We, um, I'm I'm gonna start working on a website and do some uh, something like a captain's log with pictures and stuff like that. Okay. I don't know if we're going to go the video route or not. Yeah. We've got a little bit of video, um, but I don't know if making video is what we want to do. We're going to give it a shot with a little bit of footage that we have. Nice. nice. Um, it's pretty intensive. Uh, yeah. We've had a couple YouTubers come down okay. through here. Okay. And, you know, from what I saw, it seemed like they had to do the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. you know, while filming it uh, yep. multiple times. I mean, we're talking about like walking down the 
back the aluminum stairs to the dock and with groceries and do it yep. like three or four times from different angles. But then, you know, you got to edit all that stuff too. Exactly. It definitely takes a lot longer than I think people realize. Yeah, um, that that those those 20 minute videos, oh, 40 to 60 hours of I would work. think, yeah. I it's I've wild. never been able to sit down and do that sort of stuff. Um I just take clips that I've shot and I uh-huh. upload them. Yeah. And that's essentially all i do sure because i and and you know the views and all that sort of stuff show that it's, I, I basically probably have you know maybe a thousand people on there that that are interested in in sort of seeing the reality yeah. of of life alone at sea for a long time yeah and that's all i'm trying to deliver like i i'm not trying to make something that uh it's a production. You almost have to write a script. Yeah. Either. Oh, you definitely because you know it's gonna be like twenty minutes long and it's gotta it's gotta sort of have a plot and then you know it, mm-hmm. it definitely helps when there's more than just one old man on a boat. <laughs> you know, for the thumbnail, you can only see my face too many times before you know you're sort of like, well, I think I might click on the one with the girl in the bikini. Yeah, the know, bikini pics do get the they do get the clicks. Yeah. Oh heck yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. you know the audience. Uh, yeah. The vast majority of youtube users are teenage boys i believe yeah probably so. <laughs> probably yeah but, uh, but no our, our plans uh if we're gonna do any video uh my thought was to have a camera and shoot clips and literally like um put out what would be recorded on like an eight track like the old you know cassette tapes when you pull oh. the camera out and hit the button yeah and yeah. that's just what you get just link them all together and be like, Boop, just let them go. all run together and see what happens. So I'm thinking of trying something like that just to see if it's interesting at all to watch. Hey, it's worth it. Because, you know, from what I understand, uh, people are very curious and very interested in in the type of people like yourself that say, you know what? I'm going to go give this a shot and let's let's uproot the old lifestyle and yeah. let's go for a little bit of adventure. Because it is, hey, you know, it's it's definitely off the beaten path very much so and so it's it's gonna be pretty entertaining and stuff i mean i you know i think if anything you you the possibility of of you inspiring some people to go for it take that last little it could be just that little push that somebody's like oh you know what (laughs) phil can do it i think i can do it too and that's a big thing man you know yeah you could, by putting that stuff out, uh, change is. somebody's life. Oh, so. well, there we go. Then maybe I'll have to. Yep. You never know. Yep. We're on we're on Instagram now, Sailing to Lasso. Um, oh, nice. Okay. And that's that's about our most active social media between <laughs> between everything we have. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's 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 funny. Part of like minimalizing your life, you minimalize social media because all of it is time sinks and all of it is like mental capacity. Yeah. And so when you start doing that with your possessions, you start realizing like, Oh man, I don't need to be spending all this time doing this. Why am I wasting my time doing that? And you end up just naturally cutting all that stuff out of your life. So yeah, we spend a lot less time doing that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I'm really interested in sharing the story because that's what's, that's, what's fun. I love right. sharing our story and talking about. Well, on Instagram, we TikTok, those things are pretty easy platforms to be able to not take up a huge amount of your time yeah. to be able to put some of it out there so that, so the people that are interested in it, they can actually just be like, oh man, okay. Wow. Cool. Yeah. They're doing it. Yeah. But it is pretty amazing. You know, if you're, if you're out there and you're, you're, I know, I've plenty of times when I first got into like TikTok and stuff, mm-hmm. 
watched hours of my day vanish. It's amazing. And I saw this great quote, probably on TikTok, uh, <laughs> where it said, you know, that social media says it's free, but what it actually costs you is your time. And, and that's all attention. you really have. Yeah, right? I mean, you know. time is literally the only absolute currency yeah. that is truly valuable in our lives. Yep. Which is why I appreciate so much when people come and spend an hour with me talking Absolutely, on the podcast. Man. Yeah. Because I realize that that is, you know, valuable time. Time well spent. <laughs> oh, thanks, Phil. Thank you. <laughs> Are we at an hour now? Uh, oh, we're already at like an hour 10. Oh, cool. Man, yeah. time flies. I know. It really does. Well, and I, I figured we'd, we'd keep it probably around there. Um, and who knows? We may end up doing another one. And obviously, I'd love to. Uh, That'd be fun. Yeah, it's I dude, it's it's one of the cool things I like about the podcast, which has has made it so I sort of continue doing it. It's mm-hmm. just that if I were to just come up to somebody, pretty much a stranger, not that you're total stranger, but and be like, Hey, would you like to sit down and just talk to me for an hour? <laughs> if there's no microphone recording it, that might be an odd request. It could be. Yeah. yeah and, it definitely and could as be. As you get older and older, because how old are you? 33. Uh, Just a child. <laughs> so I'm 43. Um, but as you get older and older, you find that, um, I don't know, it's not so much in in our lifestyle because we're uh-huh. in these marinas and it's sort of communal living so we're, we're still the young dogs in the marina yeah you know, but you, you always end up meeting people and like i i have friends that live in like san francisco or all these other places and they're mm-hmm. like man i i haven't met like a new friend it's like nobody wants to you know add friends to their thing and i'm thinking to myself geez like every marina i pull into all of a sudden I've, i meet like five or six new people yeah granted it might only be for the next like few months before then i take off but yeah a lot of times we stick together and at least uh you know either meet up down the road or something like that but yeah it is you know it's it's one of those things where the podcast i think helps me as sort of such a loner sort of solo person uh-huh. be able to interact with with just anybody and everybody and it's 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 really just a great excuse for me to be able to sort of have human contact <laughs> <laughs> as great. sad as that might sound no, there's nothing wrong with that it's such a great way to meet people and being on the boat i love being being around boating and stuff like yeah, that and the yeah. people have been even more amazing than than we were uh, told so like before we got into it, you know, we'd heard, we'd heard a lot yeah, and yeah. we, you know, being five years that we were planning on buying a boat before we did, I did a lot of reading and a lot of research, um, and all of that. And that was one of the things that everybody said is just the people you meet are awesome around the water and in cruising and all that. And it's, it's been even better than we expected. Well, you never know because, and that's, I think that's one of the things that's very similar between like the hiking community mm-hmm. and, and the yachting community is that everybody's sort of in this environment that we can't really control it all the time. Mm-hmm. And things happen where we sort of need each other to mm-hmm. sort of make it through, whether it's just like, I need to borrow a tool or, you know, a boat broke free and it's about to hit somebody's uh-huh. boat and blah, blah, blah. Everybody sort of comes together. Those situations sort of arise where I think in everyday life that doesn't happen all that often. It Very rarely, I yeah. would say. And so you're, you know, I, I know people that, that 
live next to you know next door they don't know their next door neighbors Isn't and that stuff wild? like that it's like what i mean i know everybody who's on this dock yeah and now i well almost everybody on your dock it's crazy <laughs> yeah know. it's neat i think that's the way to live i like it i like we're it gonna too. keep doing it <laughs> sounds good phil well i'll tell you what we're, we'll cut her off there but uh i have a feeling we'll probably have to sit down and uh do another show at some time before before we all take off that and, sounds great i'm excited for it convince you to come up to maine Ooh, yeah i work at a time. boat yard you got an inn at a boat yard maybe we'll go to maine it's a different beast though up there you know they're they are trying to start to get like more dockage and things but like when you go to maine you're either going to be on a mooring buoy or you're mm-hmm. going to be on the hook but okay. not quite fjords but a lot of totally empty coves and harbors and things like that i mean it is and and you can you know you throw the old crab pot over the side pick okay. up your dinner that sort of oh, stuff. oh man that sounds amazing there's yeah some, there's some pretty nice perks up there but then also Ooh. same time you can go five days and not see more than six feet away from you in the fog Ooh. oh yeah it's Ooh. a different uh different beast so. yes sir well more adventures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you, Phil, for coming on. Thank you so and, much for um, having me. Yeah. Oh, dude, no, this was great. I'm going to put the sucker out uh, probably right after, uh, I don't know, sometime this evening. Excellent. But uh, other than that, we'll be checking back in before uh, takeoff north. Sounds great. Awesome. Dude, that was great, man. Heck yeah.